<laughs> hey folks, welcome back to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Is it still Friday? It feels like it uh, feels like it's been a month and a half since the last recording that I did just moments ago, but you are going to have to wait at least a couple hours before you get this one after the last one that I just did. And I probably won't get to IGN tomorrow. It'll be on today's episode that you start getting more E3 information there. I have enjoyed the fact. Oh, this is, this is a a podcast. Have you been here before? Welcome. If you haven't been, (laughs) if you haven't been to this podcast before, what a weird way to start it. This is the culture Jack podcast. We host all kinds of shows throughout the week. Um, it is, it is a podcast that is put on by me and my good buddy, Anthony and our new associate Archimedes, Abigail, who does a news section. And this week we are talking about E3 and it is E3 2021. It is the, the peak of gaming season right now. And though I will probably get through, I'm going to get through the Tribeca game spotlight today. And I'm also going to get through the, I guess it's cock primetime showcase. Some people might say Coke it's K O C H, but I prefer it to be cock just because, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm a pervert and that's what it is. Okay. Anyway, here we go. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, a, a couple of things from these E3 presentations. And if you haven't already, you can check out some of the other episodes that we've done on these E3 showcases. We already covered the summer games fest kickoff on Thursday, uh, day of the devs also on Thursday. And like I said, you've got IGN expo coming up after this one, maybe tomorrow, maybe on, on today's episode. But then on Saturday, we've also got Ubisoft. And on Sunday, we've got the big one, Microsoft Bethesda, which I, I truly think is the one to keep your eye on this year. Uh, and then we've got Nintendo showcases and, and EA play and then other things going on, not just through the week. I mean, we're in we're in Netflix Geek Week right now, but on through the month to include uh, other other kinds of showcases and more information news from developers on games that we are seeing during this this weekend and this coming week. So this was a continuation of Summer Games Fest. And so Jeff Keeley was here. Was he hosting this one as well? He might have been coming up in between or that might have been the next one. The the cock entertainment presentation which I believe I said in the last episode is probably the worst, the absolute worst E3 presentation that I've ever seen. And it's reflected in the, in the comments on the YouTube channel as well. It was way too much dev talk, not enough gameplay, not enough reveals. And it is from prime matter. So they're new. You can cut them, cut them some slack there. I mean, if you want, if you're a forgiving type person, if you are a a person that is filled with anger and hate and vengeance, cut them no slack, uh, hold, hold to them only the highest of accounts. Anyway, we're going to get into this one. Now, this is the Tribeca game spotlight. Now, (laughs) as this thing was coming up, as E3 was coming up, I knew it was going to start on June 12th. 
I did not know that there was so much involved with it or it was going to go on for so long. But the more that I've invested into it, the more that I have sat through some of these showcases, which I'm having to get a lot of them piecemeal to break up my day with, uh, the more that I'm finding out that there is. And so this Tribeca Games Spotlight is something that was new to me. And so what, what this is basically is a spotlight of eight games that they really wanted to, to showcase and they really wanted to talk about uh, during E3. And so I'll just get right into it here. Um, Guillermo del Toro, who is a, a wonderful film director, uh, a, a, a peak horror and sci-fi and fantasy enthusiast, he announced, and there were a lot of a lot of movie stars in these things so far. Is this the one where there's a lot of movie stars? Yeah, it must be. Uh, but he announced a game called Signalis. It's like a, a kind of a space horror game. It's it's pixelated and it's like a three quarter top down style game. Uh, so kind of interesting there. Uh, Ember Labs also talked about more about Kenya. Is it Kenya? Bridge of Spirits? It might be Kara. Bridge of No, it's Kenya. Or Kenna. It's K-E-N-A. Bridge of Spirits, if you want to look it up. It's a Peekman-style game. And I think it was last E3 or during Gamescom or Games Award or some other gaming-type event that they showcased a cinematic for this one where it's this, this girl who... She's got like a magic staff and she befriends these small, I, I, I guess in the game they're called rot, but they're little black creatures that help her out that can re, re up, re up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having, having, it's been a long day. I'm so sorry. Uh, they can reset statues that have been knocked over, thus garnering her more of this rot more of these characters. They can also build other formations and other types of little monsters to help her in her adventure. It's a very cool looking game. Uh, it's interesting because the developers talked a little bit about their background before coming to this game, before making this game, and they have more of a background in animation. And you can really tell in the game because the animation in this looks so incredibly clean and crisp. Now, the gameplay also looks fresh. It also looks pretty dang decent as well. I mean, I'll have to get my hands on it, maybe with a demo, hopefully at some point. And then for those fans of the Japanese anime Bleach, the uh, there's, a, there's a scene, there's a moment in this gameplay trailer where she's holding a stick and she stretches back a spectral energy in the form of a bowstring, and so I immediately thought of the Quincy's in Bleach. That is a that is a reference that is probably going to miss so many of the listeners of our podcast, but I appreciate you allowing me to make it anyway. Then Geography of Robots, uh, they they talked about a game they're making called Norco, and Norco is based on one of the creator's hometowns. Uh, Norco, Louisiana, and it is supposed to encapsulate the uh, American South, and it's a, like a, a point-and-click adventure, 
And we talked about that in the last showcase. The Day of the Devs, too, had a couple games like that, too. Very pixelated, very fuzzy around the edges, and it's supposed to be a, a pretty accurate representation of this area of the country and of the world, wherein it is partly industrial, partly uh, commercial, partly residential, and you get to explore the whole area. But it also is supposed to have some sci-fi elements, and so that looks pretty interesting. In the Day of the Devs, we talked about a stop-motion animated video game, which is something that I think is very unique, or I thought is very unique, until I saw this preview uh, for Harold Halibut, which is another stop-motion game about a like an undersea city that is stuck in the 70s. Now, I don't know if this is a new trend for games, but like I've said before, I love the idea of stop motion. I love the aesthetic that a stop motion movie or a stop motion uh, series or a stop motion, in this case, game can provide. And I didn't know if there had been any precedence for stop motion, like has it been done before? And was Little Nightmares stop motion, I thought to myself. I looked it up earlier. I know the answer already. It's not stop motion, but it has that same kind of aesthetic. And I will have to, to see more of the game or play more of the game to decide if this or was it called Vacubalantis, I think was the other one from the last episode. Oh, man, if I nailed that, I'm going to be so pleased with myself. Pleased as punch. Uh, or whether these are kind of ground-setting games. Little Ni Nightmares was not. But it did, it did share that same kind of aesthetic. Uh, and then Shedworks has uh, Sable, which we talked about on during Summer Game Fest. That was the one that Japanese Breakfast sung over. Or is Japanese Breakfast the studio? No, it's not. That's the musician. Uh, it's kind of an exploration game to find and interact with different cultures. It has a really different art style. And it's got some kind of janky animations where it's kind of jerky and, and not really smooth. However, it really works with kind of the one-tone or two-tone color set or palette of this game where it just, I don't know, it, it makes it feel like a glitch in the Matrix. It makes it feel like you are watching kind of a cave painting, I want to say. I don't know if that's a good analogy or not. You'll have to take a look at the trailer, uh, but it does look really, really neat. And then there was Lost in Random. This looks like a cool game as well. I didn't... It didn't show much of the gameplay, but it had a good amount of like cinematic trailer and it had a good amount of concept art and storyboard art and character design art. That's that's kind of stuff. But basically, there is this world called Random and this little girl named Even is trying to rescue her sister who is named Odd and she partners up with a character named Dicey in order to do that. And Dicey, when you get into an account encounter with enemies, Dicey will, you know, roll himself or you'll roll Dicey and you'll be able to use a certain skill set that is dependent upon your role. It the the art style of this game looks like a Tim Burton film. Now, this one I don't think is is stop motion animated, but you've got characters with maybe wide bodies and really long legs or really lanky arms or really long necks um, 
characters with big long mouth lines. It's got that that very kind of uh, creepy artistic horror aesthetic. Uh, and then there was twelve minutes, and that was who announced that one? James McAvoy. And th- this game has been announced for a long time. This is a a time loop game, and we've talked about on the podcast before time loop movies like boss level like uh what was the tom cruise one die another day no that wasn't it at all it was based on the japanese manga all you need is kill um i don't know bill murray's groundhog day go watch that listen to that episode it was a really good one i'm i'm at least really proud of it don't come in at me with your judgment knock it off but james mcavoy I guess he maybe narrates or he 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 plays a role in the game, but he introduced the game and it's a top down perspective of a man and his wife replaying the same 12 minutes over and over and over again. And he knowing that these 12 minutes are recurrent and trying to stop apparently his wife's murder. It When I saw this preview at last year's E3, I was very impressed and I'm very excited to finally play the game, though I did not see a release date announced for it. This this whole showcase here has actually been pretty well littered with movie stars and celebrities. James McAvoy made an appearance. Elijah Wood made an appearance. Norman Reedus made an appearance. I think Norman Reedus announced the, what did he announce? Norco, I think was his Uh, And then from Mighty Yell Studios came uh, the last one of the showcase, The Big Con. And this one's pretty interesting in that it's kind of a 2D, 3D world, but you control a 2D character who looks like someone that's been cut out of paper. And your job is to basically to grift people, to do some pickpocketing to scam people out of their money. And one of the settings that we saw the character go to was a mall where she did some of these things. But the reason that she's doing these things is to save her mom's video store. Obviously this is based, you know, back in the late eighties or nineties, but it's kind of a fun concept to be with. And the developer was saying something about, uh, non-violent crimes. And I don't know what kind of statement they're trying to make with this game, uh, but it is an interesting one that you are, as the protagonist, basically a, a thief. And you're not like a thief that is going out and robbing banks. You're not like a thief that is stopping an evil corporation. You are a thief that is basically scamming everyday people in order to save your mother's video store. So an interesting game regardless, and I, I would... Would like to see more of it at some point. If not, play it for a moment. But I've talked about it. Anthony's talked about it. There is simply not enough time to play every game that you think is unique or interesting. There are far too many in order to do that. Or do do it successfully or find any enjoyment, actually, of the games that you're actually playing. So you got to pick one or two. Stick with them. Play them. Enjoy them. And then uh, the Tribeca Tribeca Games Spotlight, uh, there's demos of all of these games, all eight that they featured, at TribecaFilm.com backslash games. And that's uh, T-R-I-B-E-C-A. 
Is it Tribe California? Maybe that's what it is as well. There's a lot of demos that are coming out of this E3. Now, when there used to be a physical E3, that was the only way you'd be able to play the games, is the developers and the publishers would have those games set up on the showroom floor, and you could go to the game and play it. There was no demos being put out, but that is still an important part of marketing these games, of building hype around these games. And so it's not just the news outlets and the magazines and the websites that are writing about your games on an E3 show floor. If you can allow an audience to play an early build of your game or even a finished build of your game that's just a small portion of it to get that word of mouth going, your hype train is going to be much more effective in the long term. Or at least that's 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 my thought. Uh, and of course, I'm not going to E3, or I wouldn't have been going to E3 even if it was a physical event. So I would love to have the option to try out some of these games. Do you remember when when in gaming magazines we would get demo discs? We'd get four, five, six games that would come with an EGM subscription or an Xbox gaming magazine or a Nintendo Power. Well, not Nintendo Power. <laughs> um, Nintendo Power was garbage. That's just my personal opinion. That my, my opinions and views do not reflect the views of Culture Jacked Incorporated. All right, so we're going to move on to the next showcase that we had. No breaks, no stopping. It's the Cock Primetime Showcase. Now, this is the Prime Matter, the Prime Matter developer, publisher, because Jeff Keighley in the Summer Games Fest announced this publisher as the Prime Matter publisher, and it's from Massive Work Studio, Dolman. What was Dolman about? I don't even I don't even remember what Dolman was about. I think it was cool. Hold on. What what was Dolman? Dolmen. Let's look on the Google. Uh well, it's not that statue. Dolman game. Oh yeah, Dolman was like a a weird creepy space game. Oh yeah. It's got some real alien vibes, some real, uh, it actually looks really, really cool. There's big giant flower monsters with teeth. Looks like maybe a over-the-shoulder third-person game for most of it. Looks like some of the weapons have you close up a little bit. Mass Effect, RPG elements, Dolman on Steam. Anyway, Dolman, check, <laughs> check it out. I know I've done a really good job uh, selling it. Now, the thing is about this primetime showcase, I already mentioned several times how I thought it was perhaps the worst E3 showcase that I and others have ever seen before. And the reason is because they're new. Cut them some slack, right? No, we have an angry, vengeful heart, like we said, and we're going to give them some good constructive criticism that they can take back to their little showcase factory and they can develop a showcase that is suitable for E3. And this is your homework. Cock Primetime Showcase, Prime Matter Gaming. Watch a Nintendo Direct and then build your showcase like that. That's it, that's all you have to do. Now this is a showcase. We do not need to know every intricate detail 
from every one of your developers on every one of these games. This showcase had no right to be two hours long. But as I was I was scrubbing on the on the fast forward bar on YouTube to find the actual gameplay for the games that were shown in this showcase, it'd be 10 minutes between gameplay. Two hours for looks like one, two, three, four, five, six for six games. Two hours for six games. You've got to be kidding me. Have additional showcase. If people are interested in your games, have forums, have AMAs, have YouTube videos. But do not waste our time in the middle of E3 gaming season with two hours of nonsense punctuated by six game titles. That's not fair to us. It's not fair, not fair to me specifically. I, I don't care about the rest of you. But for me, I don't care for it. So Jeff Keeley was back for the showcase. Uh, Dolman, what the hell? Uh, he, he continues to host these events, but like in a uh, more distributed way. So he was only sharing hosting duties. And so it was a lot more commentary, like I said, from developers of the games. We got King's Bounty 2 was shown in a little more detail. Well, I mean, it wasn't shown in more detail. I don't think there was any gameplay footage from it, but it was a more extensive trailer than we had previously gotten. Uh, Madhead Games showed off Scars Above. It's like a space exploration game. Third person, over the shoulder, Mass Effect style game. It looks all right. And well, the thing is, it. I guess there's a weird planet that showed up at Earth or a weird asteroid and astronauts go to explore it and this lady gets off and she's looking around and it's an okay looking game. But I was talking to my brother Logan about this game and he said this looks like trash. This looks like hot garbage. And I said, hey man, it looks okay. And he said, no, it, no, it doesn't. And it made me start to think, out of all of the games that were shown yesterday and today and are going to be shown tomorrow and in the next week, out of all those games that are shown, if you picked the very worst of any of those games, the one that nobody liked, and you put it in a time machine and you sent it back 25 years, 26 years into the past, that would be the best game on the market that there was. And of course, he said, you cannot judge a game by yesterday's standards if it is a today game. I mean, I kind of think that you can't. I mean, it gives you perspective anyway, but our expectations have risen and the games and the, the, the gameplay, the graphics, the elements, the story should have risen commiserately with our expectations. So it looks all right. And that's Scars Above by Madhead Games. Encased is a like a top-down isometric game where you take on several job roles. It's, you know, corporations run space sort of thing, and you can take on the role of an engineer, or you can take on the role of a, of a scientist or a soldier or of a prisoner, and you can do the dirty works. And it, it's, I'm not really sure what it is. Um, it reminded me kind of The Escapists a little bit. No, that's not a good comparison. I don't know what it, what it reminded me of. Uh, and then Starbreeze uh, partnered with Prime Matter, and they 
gave a little teaser on Payday 3, which is the third installment of a bank heist game. And while I was watching this trailer, some very strange things happened. <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt feelings that I haven't felt in a long... Like my, my pants begin to tighten. I, uh, my, my nipples to harden. The hair on the back of my neck stood on end. Uh, no, I, I felt... I, I didn't feel anything. I mean, I do feel... I'm not numb. Is what I'm saying is I have purpose in this vast universe, be it as minuscule as, as it is. But what was weird was there were during the payday three kind of teaser, there were live action shots of Ron Perlman, Giancarlo Esposito and David Tennant. I think it was David Tennant. Maybe it wasn't kind of interspersed within. And I've never played a payday game in my in my life. But are are live action cutscenes, full motion videos, part of the Payday franchise? Like that is a callback back to, like the Command and Conquer FMVs, which when I was a child I thought they were just really good graphics. But no, they were just live action cutscenes. Um, it it was very interesting. If someone can answer answer me that riddle me that, I would very much greatly appreciate it. Ah. Uh, like I said, show could have been 20 minutes, uh, mostly cinematic trailers, not a lot of gameplay. Um, what a good showcase looks like. You introduce the game. You announce the release date. You show the game. Maybe a little bit of cinematic trailer, but mostly you need to have some good, solid gameplay trailer there. And that's the real meaty gold that we love. I don't know how I would approach creating an E3 showcase if I had to. I mean, obviously, I have <laughs> I have no games. I'm not a game designer. I'm not a game developer. Uh, so I can't really say what I would do or wouldn't do. But like I said, save yourself. If you do go back and watch any of these showcases, do not watch this one. It was absolutely terrible. And with that, that is it for the second show of the Friday show. Tune in tomorrow for on today's episode where most likely we'll be talking about more E3 stuff. Make sure to leave us a review if you would be so kind. You can get in, in contact with the show with Culture Jacked, not with Cock Primetime Showcase, but you can get in, in contact with uh, Culture Jacked by hitting us up on Facebook or Twitter at Culture Jacked. You can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com but beside that, that's all we have for the show today. Have a good weekend. Why am I saying have a good weekend? You are going to be spending your weekend here with us talking about E3. My God, I cannot wait for Anthony's turn. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Cheers. Cheers.